This is The Business Machine, where we talk with small business owners and entrepreneurs to get their advice on how they run their machines. We know that they, as high-energy, non-stop, inspirational leaders, are behind their well-oiled machines. We will get their tips and tools and also listen to their mistakes and how they overcame them. As business owners, we're all trying to fuel our machines and create a great team so that our machines will eventually run themselves. So get ready. Up next, The Business Machine is firing up. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another exciting episode of The Business Machine. I'm Brian Town, your host and CEO of Michigan Creative. I say it every time, but once again, we have an outstanding guest all the way from sunny San Diego, California. Boy, we wish we were out there and not here in Michigan, but we'll live with it. But Chuck Wang is here, and Chuck Wang is the founder and CEO of MVP Consulting, and he focuses on creating online businesses or online business processes to help you streamline your sales. We all need that. I definitely need that here at Michigan Creative. Chuck, thank you so much for being on The Business Machine. Awesome being here, Brian. Thanks for having me. So how's it going? How's uh, how's your day? It's three hours earlier there. You probably still got some work to do, but so far, how's your day been? It's It's been great. You know, I had a earlier podcast recording, and uh, you know, we're talking about sales all day, so you know, I'm, I'm definitely jazzed and ready to get this on. So, man, you know, I kind of gave a pretty good description of what you do, and I, I want to go just a little bit deeper into it. But before we do that, let's do the thing that somebody comes up to you and you don't know them. You're out for lunch. You're at a you're at a party. You're at a networking event, and somebody says, "Hey, how are you?" And you say, "Hi, I'm Chuck Wang, and I do what?" What would you say? You know, I say I listen to your questions. Really sounds interesting, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. What does that What does that mean exactly? You know, I'm a listener by nature. I'm not sure where that comes from, but people have this, they gravitate towards me and they just like to open up. So I just used to say, you know, look, man, I just listen. And that always starts the conversation and puts the focus on them and not on me. Because again, you know, I, I just, I'm here for other people. That's just my calling. I like that a lot. And I've never heard, I've, I've heard that, and I have to work on listening and I'm getting better at it as a business owner. You know, I come from the education world where I'm just talking <laughs> a lot. And, um, even that has changed, I think a little bit too, but I need to do a better job at listening to exactly what they're saying. And and in our situations, I mean, they're always going to be our client, at least that's what we're hoping. And so they, we really need to hear what they have to say. So in doing that, what are some of those things you get a client? What are some things that you can do for them to help streamline that sales process? Again, you know, it's a discovery process. Um, in terms of sales, when we're talking about sales specifically, you know, everyone goes through their ups and downs in businesses. But I, where I find most small businesses get stuck is that very first sale. So what is it that they're really good at and understanding how they can provide that value, which I hate that word value to other people, yeah. so that they can, you know, put their hooks in and actually make a sale. That's what's most important to most people because they don't get it. And again, it comes back down to asking the right questions and listening, which is, uh, you know, I, I try to be the mirror for that person. You know, I liked on your website on MVP Consulting, I saw right on the homepage, if you just scroll down a little bit, um, I think, oh no, never mind. I'm going <laughs> to, let's back up. I'll back that up a little bit because I was looking at your other website. I was going to talk about Ryan Levesque because you had that on your other Inspired White website, right? 
It's actually it's on the homepage of the MVP. Oh, it is. It is. Oh, damn it. Okay. <laughs> so let's just back up a little bit. I'll just start with that question. Do you want to talk about that? Because I think that ask formula is interesting. Sure. Absolutely. Okay, okay cool. So we do need to listen. And I like the you said ask and, and why that really rings a bell with me is because Ryan Levesque, I saw him on the MVP website, and I thought that his strategy in his book called ask is really unique in that you are really asking people exactly what they need so that you can provide them that. And is that some of what MVP does? It, it, yes, absolutely. It, what I like about Ryan is Ryan takes it one step further. Yes, you ask questions in order to understand the problem, but he takes it one step further. He asks questions to the point where it makes the person almost uncomfortable. Oh, I know. Right? But that's brilliant because it puts you in, in it's not even in limbo. It, it makes you decide one way or another. You know, whether you like a person, whether you don't like a person, you're going to get a tangible result. There's no gray area. And in business, we have this, this tendency to want to please and placate everybody. In doing so, we don't get the results that we need. And Ryan's able to leverage all of his expertise, all of, you know, all of the metrics that he's been able to gather over the years and distill it down to something really simple. Ask the hard question. Yeah. Some of those questions are tough. Like I think one of them is, why don't you like me or something like that? And it's like, I don't know if I could do that. Exactly. So, you know, we, we have these online businesses and we have our businesses uh, that we all try to market with online strategies. And one of the things I think might be tough for businesses, and I'm sure this is what you help, but you know, every day, Chuck, technologies change and there's a new social media that pops up and today it's Periscope and Twitter and, and tomorrow it might be something else. And video is really, you know, becoming a big part of everybody's social media plan and, and content plan. So how do you make sure that you're offering up the right strategies consistently on a week by week basis to some of your clients? Sure. I, I go a little counter, counterintuitive. And the reason why I say that is because, for example, podcasting is, it's hot, you yeah. know, but if you look at that space, it's very, very crowded. It's very crowded. I'm not sure how many hundreds of thousands of podcasts are out there. And if we talk to people um, like Jordan, uh, Jordan from the Art of Charm, yeah. one of his biggest gripes is people getting into the whole podcasting space because it is not so much of a mature market, but it's very saturated. And if you're going to try to get yourself in the top 10 shows, you know, his whole take is good luck with that. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. And he's adamant about that. He, he won't, you know, mix words with it. And I agree to some extent. But I also believe that podcasting is a great media channel to get to your audience as long as you can reach them correctly and provide, again, value. What I like to do is, Use Blab. Uh, the reason why I use Blab is it's video. I prefer I prefer video. I prefer creating that one-on-one -on -one type of engagement with between the audience and the expert. It's something that we don't get to see very often, especially in spoken word and podcasting in and of itself. It's hard to bring on other people, uh, guests. That way you, you can create that interaction. And I think that's so important, especially in sales. When it comes down to sales, it always comes down to that one-on-one -on -one relationship first before you can scale anything. Yeah, it really does. You know, the thing about Jordan too, and I've heard him say that I love that podcast, but I think what a lot of people don't realize is Jordan's been doing podcasting for a very, very long time. And he was one of the first and he's worked really, 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 really hard to get where he is today. 
And I think probably why he's saying that is because there seems to be a new podcast. There's probably a new podcast starting as we're talking right now. Oh, there is. There definitely is. And, you know, uh, I, I agree with him. You know, we should be sick of sick and tired of hearing all those cookie cutter podcasts out there that <laughs> don't necessarily provide uh, anything new or insightful. Otherwise, you know, we can just Google what we need, right? Sure, sure. So tell us, take us back and and want to hear about that moment when you decided I'm going to start MVP consulting and this is what we're going to do. And, and this is how we're going to really make our, and give our best to those that we consult. But tell us how you started your company. It's actually a long backstory. And the story is I had a 16 year brick and mortar business in the legal support industry. And huh. it was essentially an e-discovery consulting firm and we did quite well. And the problem was, it wasn't sustainable. It wasn't sustainable in the way I was going about business. Um, it wasn't creating, I was working, I was living to work instead of working to live. And right. I didn't want that. And it, it destroyed my relationships over the years. And, you know, part of it has to do with me as a person and what I was willing and capable of doing at the time, you know, being <laughs> immature or not willing to communicate all those other things. But I woke up one day and I said, hey, look, this isn't the life I wanted. The money was good. But... I want something different. I want something scalable. I want something that's going to be more, um, you know, lifestyle friendly. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So that's why it started. And from that, it was actually inspired through John Lee Dumas. I listened to his podcast. I was like, wow, you know, I saw different perspectives of business professionals that got it right, got it wrong and what they did. And I was, I was really inspired by that. I didn't mean to, but out of it came my own podcast. Sounds, then, sounds very familiar. <laughs> which was the Inspired Works podcast. And I wanted to create a mindset and a mindset breakthrough for people to create a life by design. And that's what I did for myself. I was able to speak to 100 thought leaders from around the world. And it's such an inspirational time. Wow. And I was like, every day was cloud nine. I love talking to these experts and I was creating all these transformations for people and myself. But the problem is there was no hook and the hook being after the fact, you need like a support structure. You need to have something to live by in order to uh, continue to create that life for yourself. And it's, you can't be inspired all the time and just be inspired. <laughs> yeah. No, you, and it'd be sweet if you could. So, and so that that's how uh, MVP consulting came about because I, went back to my roots. My focus is on process. I automate things for people. I, yeah, it's my whole entire focus of my uh, career was creating simplified workflows to streamline information processes. In terms, you know, sales, it's very much the same thing. We're looking at how information flows to create a desired outcome. So that's how it all started. Got it. Love it. So take us 10 years, Chuck. I, you know, we here at Michigan Creative and, and I've always, you know, sort of built this company around we have to look 10 years down the road for us. You know, we can't forget about today and we can't forget about what we're doing tomorrow or even the day before, but I always like to say, all right, great. But what are we, what are we thinking? And, and what's my company going to look like if I could fly through, if you could fly through M MVP consulting and, and, and I get that 50,000 foot view and what does it look like? What's it sure. look like in 2025? It's going to be a virtual reality based. So you'll be able to call me up and you know, we probably won't even need VR goggles at the time. Yeah. Right. But call me up and I'll be there hand right, right by your side. You That's know, so I'll, cool to think about, man. I agree with you hundred percent. That's cool. Right. Absolutely. You know, that's people always say, 
in mastermind groups that I had this tendency to handhold people. And they say it in a bad way because that's not scalable necessarily. But at the same time, if you look at virtual reality, how we're able to be everywhere, yeah. uh, that's just so powerful, right? That's, that's where I'm headed. That's where I want to be. I want to be able to help lots of people on, at scale, but in person as much as possible because that's where I like to be, that one-on-one connection as much as, 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 as much as I can. Yeah, we have a few clients that are in a different state and, you know, we're doing really well with it. It's not as easy um, to, as it is, as when they're here in our own state where we can go and sit down with them once a week or even once a month. It's a li- <laughs> we, We've gone through some struggles, but we've worked it out. But even with the modern era of all the technology that we have, it's still harder. I love to be there one-on-one with people. I really like that personal connection. And it's funny that you mentioned VR because that's one of the things that we purchased a 360 rig and some Oculus goggles just to get into it and just to be like, all right, what are people going to be doing? And I think you're right. I think that's, that's coming quicker than we all know. Oh, I think so too. I, I, I wouldn't give it more than, you know, I, I want to say 18 months, but yeah, I wouldn't give I know, it more than, I know. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, it's so fast. I mean, people are already starting to do it on their phones and so it's coming. So we talk a lot about machines and, you know, obviously that's the name of the podcast business machine, but I strongly believe that there's pieces of our machine that run well. Me, the CEO needs to be there, needs to be running at full capacity, but I also have other pieces of my machine that can do things for me. My video editors, my web designer, my graphic designer, my CEO. So those are all pieces of our machine that I know that if I'm not able to be here all the time, my machine is still going to be able to run. So what do you do to make sure that MVP consulting is still able to function, even if you're not there? Or on the other hand, you probably try to help some of your clients do the same thing. So talk to us about those automation processes and things that you can suggest to us to make sure that we're running and our business is running, even when we're not available. From the start, handle everything from the start. So what I mean by that is create front-end solutions that, that take care of all those back-end headaches that you're going to have. Yeah. All right. And people like to jump into things and get all messy. And I totally get that. And there's a time and a place for that. So if you're, gonna, if you're that type of person, go ahead, jump in, get your hands dirty and make your mistakes. But once you get something good working for yourself, take a step back, stop, document everything, create that workflow, put those pieces in play. And that way, if something comes up and you know, you're unable to do it yourself, you can hand it off to someone. It has to be as as monkey friendly as possible. <laughs> yeah. So that's, I mean, that's the gist of it. It's a very simple idea. It's hard to implement because of, you know, how crazy life gets and, and how we, you know, have a tendency to forget where we are in our, in our own businesses. Oh yeah. Yeah. Every single day. So we talked to business owners and we wanted to talk to them about not only all the good things that they're doing and suggestions that they might have for some of our listeners, but Chuck, we also wanted to talk about mistakes because I feel that, and everybody talks about this too, is we learn so much by our mistakes and, you know, listening to Jordan's podcast, listening to John's podcast, you hear all these successful entrepreneurs and they talk about how many businesses that they started and failed and started and failed and started and failed until here they are today. And it was just like, oh my gosh, that makes me so scared. It's like, well, I can't fail. You know, how is that going to, that's just not going to look good. So we talk about mistakes. So Chuck, what was the, your biggest mistake, you think, in 
either your previous business or MVP consulting and, and what did you do about it and what'd you learn? I would say failure was playing small. Playing small would be a big one. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And what I mean by that is in my past, I've had good success in my own personal business. You know, 16 years, entrepreneur, made quite a bit of money, all the other stuff. But when you change occupations, when you change careers, you do. It's that failure that, um, it's that imposter syndrome. Yeah, that's right. what it's called. I can never remember that. But yeah, that's, I'm glad you said that because that's what it's called. Yeah. Right. And what that comes down to is like, you know, I, even though you've had success in the past as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, <laughs> right. what gives you the, the right, the credibility to, you know, tell anybody anything about business in general, period. It's weird because it doesn't make any sense, right? We've done well in the past. Business is business, whether it's in the online space, whether it's you know, in a different, it doesn't matter. It, it doesn't change. The process is always the same. Sales are sales. The media might be different, but the process is the same. Yeah. And yeah, it, it, it's hard. It's hard. It's, it's psychological. But if you can get past that failure, yeah, that's, that's huge. You know, I don't want to, let, let me change that answer a little bit because I think communication is, is really key. Um, you know, the biggest mistake, it was what, what I would not tell someone, well, but wait. So the biggest mistake would be that I miscommunicated or I didn't communicate clearly my intentions. And I think communication is so key to what, to how we're perceived, how people understand and take our vision and take what we do to heart. Yeah. And I think when we started to that was a problem that we had. And I think imposter syndrome, too, like you talk about is, is something that I'm always worried about. Cause it's like, Hey, I was really successful doing this. And, and now, you know, wait a minute, uh, most businesses fail in the first five years. We haven't failed. What are you guys doing? Who gives you the right not to fail? And it's like, Oh man, it just drives me crazy. But also communicating who you are, I think as a business is super important. And you would think here as a marketing company and branding agency, we'd have that nailed down pretty well, but there's still times when we get people who don't know what we do. Mm -hmm. And don't know who we are. And I guess if you don't know who you are um, yourself internally, how are, how are other people going to get that? You just assume that they do. Um, and so that's something that we're always working on too. So Chuck, was there maybe something that you tried that wasn't like your biggest mistake, but something you're like, hey, let's offer this service or hey, let's work with these clients. And, and it just didn't work out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Every day. Of course. Right. <laughs> Uh, so I, I created a, a baby sign. Essentially what I did was, you know, those old um, baby on board signs, those yellow oh, signs yeah. you see in the car? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I hated looking at those things and I, I wanted to reinvent it. And I did. And honestly, I think I created the world's best looking, most well-designed baby sign on the face of the planet. <laughs> I love it. Mm -hmm. The problem is, how big of a market is that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like how many people are actually, I mean, it's funny. It's true though. You know, it, as entrepreneurs, we get so single-minded in our focus. Yes, we've created something awesome. Yes, we want the world to have it. We Sometimes, even me included, I forget part of the steps. If there's not enough of a market for it, should you even do it to begin with, unless you're just stroking your ego? Yeah, right? but you're like, oh, no, but they'll love it. We'll make the market. The market mm -hmm. <laughs> will just show up. Right, 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 right. right. My, you know, if you go to Amazon.com, if you check out Babypreneur, you'll find it, um, you know, it's interesting. It's definitely interesting. It's uh, how many did you sell? Uh, to date, I yeah. think it's four. 
No. <laughs> How many did you think you were going to sell? Oh, oodles. Thousands. <laughs> that was, was going to be the right? end of MVP. Yeah. <laughs> um, but what's funny about that is, yes, technically, as a monetary failure financially it wasn't a great investment but the process was it's pretty interesting because um the amazon selling process yeah. i can teach that process now yeah right <laughs> exactly so so what do you have to work on chuck what what do you think your biggest fault is and how do you tackle it or how are you gonna tackle it it's showing up to be honest with you it's really? showing up consistently day in day out like in our pre-roll, we were talking about being in this online space and how it's a little different um, because we are at home. We're not necessarily we're not necessarily in the office anymore, um, you know. And it's I I actually miss that because I miss that accountability to other people. Yeah, I, I know, I know what you're saying. Yeah, like I, I love working. It's it's funny because even with my employees, I never thought of them as employees. I always thought of them as uh, people, you know, my friends that I wanted to take care of. I don't have that right now. I don't have my assistants here in my living room with me. So it's, 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 I, I like to help others first. And I think that could be one of my downfalls is because I don't necessarily quote unquote want to do things for myself. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I can get lazy with it. So sure. I get that. I get that. And it's funny because, you know, I always talk to my kids about like, well, I'm going to be the only one working over Christmas break. And my kids are like, well, you're the boss. You don't have to work. I go, no, that means I have to work twice as hard. And they, they get it. So I, I don't like this term work-life balance. And the reason why I don't really like the term work-life balance, Chuck, is because if you're really doing something that you love, um, which it sounds like you are, it's not really a balance. It's like, it's something you enjoy doing and it's a part of you and that's what you do. And, but talk to us a little bit about how you can, I don't even want to say turn it off, but there's gotta be a point when you, you can't be Chuck Wang MVP consulting and and how do you do that, and, and are you successful doing that? Well, I, traditionally, you, historically, yeah, I've been terrible at it. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've ruined relationships left and right. It was my one of my biggest reasons for wanting to get out of my old business because I, you know, I, I, I couldn't find that mix, that, that right balance. And at the end of the day, man, like family comes first, right? I'm 41 today. And, well, not today. Well, I'm 41. And... If I have a regret, it would be that, you know, I didn't get that right so I could have a cool quote family, you know, kids running around the house, all that other stuff. I, I'm not saying it's not going to happen. I'm just saying it could have happened much quicker. And all the pain and devastation that I've created for, within those relationships didn't have to happen. Didn't and, have you, to happen. and you think that was because you were so focused on what you were doing at work or you were focused on your company? It, it was. I, I love business. I love working sure not not for working but it's like creating solutions for other people it's, it's helping people get home to their loved ones at the end of the day much quicker you know granted i they left me at the office for 14 15 hours a day but yeah but you said that earlier too that you never put yourself first right yeah right 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 so i mean do i think there's a work-life balance no i think you go to the tilt but i, I think you can create you know, a situation that helps you live the life you want to live. But it, again, it comes down to communicating. It comes down to showing up for how you want to live your life and then making sure that that happens. Yeah. And I, yeah, and I can see how that can be a challenge because we, I think as business owners, especially if you have a staff responsible or you're responsible for a staff, you know, their needs, 
you know, seem to, to come first and they do because you need them. But I think if we keep forgetting about ourselves and things that we need, I, and I've heard this and other people say this is that down the road, doing what we really want to do, which is helping others and helping people be successful is we're not going to be in a, as effective as we could be if, if we leave ourselves out all the time. It's true. One thing I've been able to do in this, you know, lifestyle entrepreneur space, this online space, now that I don't have an office is to take sprints. So I, I can go yeah. instead of like, for example, it's called scrum or the agile method. Uh, you can, you know, just fin- focus on one task and get that completely done out the door before you start another one. Um, and do these, these sprints. It's, it's actually pretty cool. As opposed to before I would do marathons. I'd just be working all the time on everything, everything at the same time. Yep. Right. Yep. Right. 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 So that's, that's one of the benefits of, uh, I guess, being in a different modality. I'm trying that Chuck, man. I'm trying that scrum method. I'm looking right now. I'm looking at a clock. It's an old dark room, you know, from a photography clock mm-hmm. and it's got a timer. It's a timer because you'd have to soak the photos in there. And so I bought one cause I read about scrum cause I'm like you. I'm, and it's funny cause I'll do, I can multitask. At least I think I can, but it's when I'm doing too many things at the same time, it seems like none of those things get done. When I did the scrum method here, probably a couple weeks ago and I did it four or five times, I worked on one twi- one task for, oh, I think with 20 minutes or 30 minutes a piece, and I've never felt so good in my life. Got both mm-hmm. those things done. They were off my list. They were done. There are things I didn't really want to do, so I put those first. Um, but man, that was really effective, but I haven't done it, <laughs> I've done it since. It is effective, but, but it's not just with work tasks. For example, if you're creating like a VSL or a video sales letter, right? Okay, yeah. yeah. P- power, power through it, right? Um, and then just go back through and revisit it. But it also applies to life, though. Like for me, let's see, last month I was getting ready to go back to St. Louis for three weeks. You know, it's something that I had not been able to do. I, I had, you know, in 16, actually almost 18 years, I had such a hard time planning vacations. Wow. I, I, I just, I, it was such a hard thing for me to do. I just couldn't do it. Um, and the reason why is because everyone needed me, right? So I thought. But it was nice to be able to do these stretches of three weeks at a time back in St. Louis. It was three weeks here in, in San Diego getting stuff done before I had to go. I'm here for another two weeks, and I plan on going back to St. Louis for another you know, month. Like It's those types of sprints that um, I think we can really craft something beautiful if we put our minds to it. So tell us about employees. I know I don't have how many employees you have at this point, but I know before you had quite a few. Mm-hmm. Um, sounds like you were pretty dedicated to them. And, you know, I, I just think that they're my biggest asset, but they're also my biggest expense. But um, how do you make sure that, I know, getting the right ones for me is a little bit easier because I think you can kind of just pick those people out. And, and maybe for some it's not as easy. But how do you make sure that you keep them and keep them satisfied and keep them happy. What are some things that you could share with the audience that you found that worked? It, it comes down to uh, asking those questions again. Remember when we first yeah. Yeah, I got started, it was, you know, it's about, it was all about them. And it, it sounds counterintuitive, but you want the best for the people that you love. I mean, they're your family. They're with you. You know, day in, day out for you know, 12 hours a day, sometimes longer than that. And they're the ones that are going to see you through it. So it only makes sense that you take care of them first. 
And that can come down to us being flexible for a school schedule. You know, I work with a lot of college kids. Yeah, we do too. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, and you have to understand, like, kids are going to be kids, right? They're, they're going to want to go to concerts. They're, all those things that we do growing up, it's the same thing. It doesn't change. And just having a little bit of empathy, but falling back to communicating. You know, you have to have that common respect. You can't get walked on. That's not, you know, what I'm saying. But just communicate uh, intentions and make sure that you understand what they want, what they need in order to achieve uh, everything that they're working towards. So communication. Yeah, communication is huge. And, and even the outward communication that we found, too, is, you know, we just assume that everybody's doing okay. And we just assume that they know that I know that they're doing a really good job. But, you know, so I have to go in. We've got a couple different offices up here in the suite, and I just have to make sure I go in and work with them once in a while and, and tell them, hey, man, this, you know, this last shoot that you guys did for this client was awesome. I love it and uh, heard a lot of good things about it. And I, I just have to make a point to do that. It sounds easy. Things like, you know, you could do that every single day, but you, I really have to make a point to do that. Right. And just me as a person, I don't like agreeing that, that bureaucracy or that hierarchy. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm one of them. I mean, they, yeah, as much as they are part of me. So we get there together. Yeah, and I always tell them, and this is true, that I set out when I first started the company to hire people that were better and smarter than I was. And a lot of people who know me were like, man, that wasn't very hard. But damn, we, we've got some good people working here. Yeah. So a little bit easier, uh, Chuck, tell us a little bit about or um, give us your favorite quote. We um, like quotes around here at Michigan Creative. I liked them when I was a teacher. What's one of your favorite quotes? What we do in this lifetime echoes in eternity. I like it. What about a yeah. business book? Give us a good business book that we should all read. All small business owners need to read, especially online businesses. Which one? E-Myth Revisited. Yeah? yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. got a list, man. Like doing this podcast has done one thing. It's made my bookshelf huge. And right. That, that's essentially the poster book, uh, poster child of everything that I did wrong in my, my business the first time around. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. I got, I got to get that one. If you could meet and have dinner with anybody in business or anybody in general, I guess, who would it be and why? 50 Cent. Really? <laughs> oh, yeah. That would be badass. I would love to have... I would, I would like that too. I think he's a genius. I, I do too. I mean, um, what he's been able to do, I think his mind, I, I think he's a brilliant, brilliant person. Um, also, P. Diddy, you know, I mean, just people that you wouldn't think, you think of like Thug Life or whatever it might be, you know, sure. uh, these rap people, but no, you don't get to that level of the game without having some serious wit about you. Well, their business. I mean, I think we forget that these guys like 50 Cent. I, I mean, you forget about these guys. They're, they're business people. I mean, they have to be. Yeah. And I mean, hard-hitting business people. Yeah. I heard, I heard 50 on, uh, I think he was on the Howard Stern show. That, if, you, you know, if you can find that, that was a great interview. It was just a great interview. Um, you know, lot, all the stuff that he went through and all the stuff to get where he was. And it just kind of makes you realize all the work that they do behind the scenes that you and I don't hear about. I, I think I saw him on Wall Street Journal yeah. and the, how centered he was, how focused he was. Yep. And uh, boy, honestly, I, I, would, I would study under him for a year over going to Harvard any day. <laughs> yeah. And I think that was one of the things that Howard had asked him and he had said too that, you know, 
we all just assume that he's where he is today because he got in at the right time and he was a rapper and all this other stuff happened. And, and he's like, man, that was, you know, that was a, a portion of it, of course, but all this other business things that we did to, to do this and, and to try this and this didn't work. And, and so, yeah, it was fascinating. So that's good, man. I, you know, most people say something a little bit different than that. So I like that a lot. Give us some technology or app or some software that you use that you couldn't live without. It sounds silly, but my scheduler, acuityscheduling.com, <laughs> it, it makes all the difference. Um, yeah, yeah, it allows you to automate so many different tasks through your, for your day. Yeah, I, I think everyone should have a schedule. It sounds, it sounds a little hoity-toity. It sounds a little snobbish, you know, hop on my scheduler, that whole thing. But yeah, it. it it makes a big difference as long as you can get it right and you have the right emails being sent out. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, that happens. And this is so they don't bounce. What right. <laughs> what, um, uh, which one do you use again? Acuity. Acuity Scheduling. Spell it for us. A-C-U-I-T-Y Scheduling. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we use the Meet Me, so the, the one that I sent you in that link. And when I first started, and we live, we live and die by our Google Calendar over here, but um, when I first got that, scheduling app, I felt, I just felt kind of stupid sending that link out. Cause like, well, here, pick my scheduler and pick a time. And it was just to seem so impersonal. Right. But oh my God, saving eight emails. Well, what time works? What day works? What time works right. for you? And it's just like, oh, I can send them a link and they can pick a time and it shows up on my calendar. And I want people to really take this to heart because yes, it seems very impersonal. Oh, it does. Yeah. But in, by streamlining, by streamlining that process, you're actually able to be more present with that person when the time comes that makes all the difference. And if you look at <laughs> scheduling as a process, it's a precursor to email marketing and the follow-up series and all those autoresponders, retargeting, all of that. So yeah. don't, don't count it out. It's actually a very important part of the process. Well, I think everybody can nod their heads on how much they hate email as it is. And that's one thing I, I'm looking at my email inbox right now going, there was eight emails to schedule a 30 minute with this guy, a friend of mine who's a business owner here, it took us eight emails to get to a half hour meeting tomorrow at four thirty. Yeah. <laughs> Where do you want to go? What place works? What time works? It's crazy. Where I could have just sent him a link, hey man, pick this, just tell me where we'll be there. What's your favorite place to eat or drink in San Diego or St. Louis? Where should we go if we make it that way? Well, the place no longer exists, but it's called Anthology. Anthology was this restaurant. Okay, um, in my old building, I owned an office suite in the building. And at the very bottom floor, it was this restaurant called Anthology. It had played live jazz music and it had the, the best burgers there. And what I liked about it was towards the end of my time there, I was actually able to go through the back door and go into the kitchen to order my food, bring a plate of you know, a burger upstairs or whatever it might be. Oh, man. Eat, and then bring the, you know, my dishes back down. So it's kind of like uh, it was the best of eating at home and eating out at the, at the same time. It the, and it was good food, great food. Well, you got a kitchen right there in your office. How can, how can that get any better? Right. With, you know, a high caliber chef. To, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, talk to my chef, maybe. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> All right. So last two questions, Chuck. Somebody's listening to this and they're like, man, I... I really need some help streamlining this process. Um, I don't know if Chuck's going to work for us, but I just, I want to talk to him. I want to see what happens and I want to see what MVP has to offer us. What's the best way they can get a hold of you? Just go to MVP.consulting. 
the site's going to be changing quite a bit here at the first of the year, 2016. And the reason why is it's exactly what you uh, just, just mentioned, you know. We're trying different things. We're trying different people, trying different applications, processes. What's the easiest way to go about doing that? It's hard. It's a discovery process. Well, I'm trying to make that process much easier by creating a whole entire series of, it's called uh, My First. So whether it be my first podcast or my first email marketing sequence, my first uh, website that focuses on memberships, those types of situations in this online space, there's so essentially I'm reducing that gap, you know, that threshold, that pain threshold and that investment threshold. So we're going to try to create these courses that are much less expensive than what you'll see online just to give you a taste. But then later on online, if you want to work with me and further, then that's where other possibilities open up. So 2016, we'll see a big change in the MVP.consulting website. Yeah, I like that TLD. These are these new TLDs for those of you out there listening, but it's MVP.consulting. You don't even need a .com. Um, so those are pretty cool. I like those. I dig that domain, man. That's cool. Last question. It's a big one, though. What do you hope or what do you think your legacy is going to be? You know, it's funny that you mentioned that. Well, I'm assuming, like, right now I don't have kids. Let's assume I don't have kids. If I never have kids, I think I already have in the sense that when I was able to go back home for three weeks to St. Louis and spend that time with my parents and my little brother, he's a little older now, like he's 31, so he's not little, but you know, I, I was able to help them. I was able to help them with their own business. You yeah. know? And to be able to show up for your parents or to for, be able to show up for your kids help them get home earlier at night to help them with the process, with their business, something that they've been struggling with. It, it's really, I, I can't put a price on that because it's something that I never thought I would actually be able to do is provide cool. that quote, quote, value for my parents in a business sense, because, you know, I, I, they've done quite well, you know, they've owned multiple, multiple restaurants over the years and you know, to, just to show up for them that way, it was, it was pretty neat. And then also little things, man, like, like helping them around the house, you know, it's, again, it's, it's what can I do to help you? And I was actually able to do that this time around. And it was yeah, uh, really man. touching. I yeah. love it. Love it. So Chuck Wang, what can he do to help you? He's here for you. Um, thanks a lot for being on, man. I really appreciate your time today. I'll wait it from San Diego. You and I have a lot to talk about, I think. I think we'll probably get you on the business machine a little bit later after 2016 gets rolling here and see where you guys are at. Um, but I really appreciate being on. Love your website. Love what you're doing. Um, and so I'm sure we'll be in touch, man. So thanks again for being on The Business Machine. Thanks so much, Brian. It's great to be here. All right. That was Chuck Wang, founder and CEO of MVP Consulting. We'll have his information in the show notes. I want to thank you for joining us on The Business Machine. And make sure you stay tuned. Lots of good guests and lots of great things coming in 2016. Thanks, everyone. Again, I'm Brian Town, the host of Business Machine.